It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, is there a draft in here or what? You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, hey, another episode of Locked On A's, and I'm Wayne Coy, your host, a lifetime A's fan and media dude, and happy to be here, as always, uh, reporting on all things athletics. You know, I'm uh, originally from the Bay Area, but I live in Las Vegas now, so I kind of get the two perspectives of the way things have been here lately. I want to thank you for making Locked On A's your first listen every day. We do appreciate that. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget your comments down in the comments section Uh, And we're happy to get right back to you and answer any questions that you might have. And right now you might be asking, is it true? Did the A's get Shohei? No, they didn't. But, you know, thanks for asking. (laughs) That's not going to happen. We are going to get a visit from Mark Kotze, though, A's manager here, who's at the winter meetings in Nashville uh, as he went one-on-one with the press today. We'll find out what uh, Kotze's got to say, I think, on the team in general, on the – the gelling of that group, especially toward the end of the year. And then, of course, the relocation to Oakland, touching on all those subjects with uh, members of the press, including some names you know. So that's coming up in just a bit. I have to tell you, though, that this episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel wants to take your $5 and turn it into $150. That's right, a $5 bet on the money line with a new customer. It, you win you get $150 in bonus bets. That's the way that that works. Pretty cool. I don't know how they do it. Don't even ask me because I don't know. I do know this. If you visit fanduel.com slash locked on, you probably get your questions answered there. And be a part of the fun with FanDuel. Fun in Nashville, of course. Uh, the big draft lottery is tomorrow. Excited about that because the A's are hoping based on their finish, to end up in the top six, they've got an 18.3% chance that they'll get pick number one. Now, there are two other teams that also have those same odds. Those are the Kansas City Royals and the Colorado Rockies. And you may be thinking, wait, nobody had a worse record than the A's. Why don't we have the first pick? Well, because they changed the rules. That's why. So if you didn't make the playoffs, you do have a, a chance to end up in those top 18 And again, your odds are better based on your record. So there still is a chance that being so bad actually pays off uh, for the A's, who last year, I think, got the sixth pick, and they were hoping to get the first. This year's draft class, they say, is a little thinner. So I don't know if the advantage is really going first or if it might be better to actually wait. Certainly uh, costs you less to do it that way. So we'll see. But again, 18.3% chance that they'll get the first pick. We'll find out for sure tomorrow. Seems like kind of everything is waiting on Shohei and who's going to end up getting him. Now, today the buzz is that he'll stay where he is, that the Angels would actually re-sign him. I kind of said that all along, but I got the note. He's done there, going to be a Yankee, going to be a Dodger. Yesterday, everybody was talking about he's going to be a Blue Jay. Anyway, we sit and we wait. They say there may be a deal by the end of the week, but they can't guarantee it. 
Meanwhile, all of the Shohei people that are watching that trade are quick to turn to the others, and they're wondering, what about Juan Soto? What about Cody Bellinger? What about Matt Chapman? Hold on. I think it's going to be kind of a little bit of a logjam until we see what's happening with Otani. And then as Otani goes, so go the rest of the trades. That's just my guess. All right, now there's a, another draft. Of course, that's the Rule 5 draft, which has been pretty good to the A's over the years. Mark Canna, anybody? Hello, Ryan Noda, line three. So uh, with that in mind, it's kind of nice that the A's have the first pick in the Rule 5 draft. Are there any players worth Rule 5 drafting? And the way that works, by the way, is the players over uh, 18, or I'm sorry, 18 and under, five years and 19 and over four years after that they have to be protected meaning they need to be put on the 40-man roster and if they're not then that makes them eligible to be picked off by another team now if a team does pick them then they pay the club that they came from if they don't keep them on their roster that's the way that works okay so if selected a hundred thousand dollars is what it cost to stick on the 26-man roster for the full season. But again, if not, it's $50,000 for the team that they came from. They've got an opportunity. They don't have to do it, but they could pull the trigger and say, we're going to take him back. Okay, it's happened. So there's some big names. Not really. There's some names you may have heard because they've been around for a while. And some pitchers uh, specifically that have had uh, arm issues. Everybody's doing it. Tommy John surgery, right? So with that in mind, you got some pitchers coming off of that that uh, certainly had a lot more potential before they got put on the shelf to get the surgery. So we'll have to wait and see. Talking about Justin Slater with the Rangers, of course. And then there's Cole Wilcox from the Rays. I don't think he's had Tommy John. I could be wrong. But those are the two sort of big pitching names that everybody's talking about. I want to bring up somebody else just because I think the A's need a Chad Pinder or a, a Tony Kemp, somebody that can play a lot of positions. And how about this? A guy who played for the Minnesota Twins in their organization anyway, Anthony Prado, who has played everywhere except catcher, pitcher, and center field. Other than that, he spent time and lots of time moving around the diamond. And that, again, I think is something pretty valuable. Hits the heck out of lefties, probably a platoon player, but still a piece that you might need if you're looking at playing a long season and having to spell people from time to time at different positions. Who knows? Maybe you can learn to catch. Anyway, Anthony Prado, Twins, that would be my selection if I were picking, but I'm not. And you're probably glad about that. Major League Baseball is one thing. What about minor league baseball? Well, the MILB every year, comes out with their organizational all-stars. So what they do is they pick a one player for every position and then a couple of pitchers, and they tell you who, based on the last year uh, in the organization, earns that all-star spot. So let's dive in for the A's. Oh, by the way, before we do, not surprising, even though you think with the bounty that they've, they've gotten in terms of bodies uh, for people like Sean Murphy and Matt Olson and, and Matt Chapman, well, uh, we have a lot of bodies, but they're not necessarily doing so great. Here's the deal. Across the organization, 297 wins and 362 losses. Ouch. 
28th among Major League Baseball organizations. That's not good. But you know what is good? Watching some of these kids play. A lot of them, because they're the A's, are already seeing Major League time. So let's talk about them. At catcher, Tyler Soderstrom, who can also play first base, of course, and is in the big leagues, came up at the same time as the guy who is the pick to play second base. His name, of course, is Zach Geloff, all-star in the organization. Lawrence Butler, first base all-star. Interesting because he spent not much time at all at first base and a ton of time out in the outfield. So we'll have to wait and see if indeed he ends up being a first baseman. I think with Ryan Noda there and Tyler Soderstrom there, it might be hard to see uh, Lawrence Butler playing much first base. I, I think they're going to look at him at playing either center field or right field. I prefer right. Seems like Mark Kotze likes him in center. So we'll have to wait and see. Max Muncy, not the old one, the new one. Triple A, of course, uh, with Las Vegas is where he ended up. Had a really good uh, fall league in Arizona. And uh, because of that, I think actually because of how well he played during the season, uh, that's the guy, Max Muncy, at second base. Third base is Brennan Malone, finished up in high A. Uh, outfielders, you might know the name, Lazaro Armenteros, otherwise known as Lazarito. Early pick. Seems like he's been in the organization forever because he has. I think, uh, what was he, 17, I think, when they brought him aboard from Cuba? Anyway, Oakland or bust at this point. He's on the 40-man roster, so spring training is where it'll all come down to for him. Colby Thomas, uh, A and high A, 25 steals, 63 extra base hits, which was the most in the organization this last year. That's Colby Thomas, not to be confused with Cody Thomas, different player altogether, but another organizational all-star with an asterisk because he did make the all-star team, according to major or minor league baseball, but he gone. <laughs> he elected free agency, so no Cody, but we still have Colby. We'll always have Colby. Pitching, it's uh, left-hander James Gonzalez. High A, how about this? 135 strikeouts in 24 games. That's what I'm talking about. Watch him. Right-handed pitcher Tyler Baum, 16 saves between high A and double A. That also led the organization in the minors. And Joey Estes, who we saw right at the end of the season, got the proverbial cup of coffee. Looked pretty good. Some uh, some issues with his uh, command. But other than that, I liked his confidence. The guy has uh, he's got swagger. I mean, just you know how some players just – Zach Geloff has that too, by the way. They just – Seem like they belong. They act like they've been there before. Well, maybe you've been there before. I know Mark Kotze has, talking about the winter meetings. I've actually never been. Almost went a couple of times, but something always seems to come up. This year, I thought, oh, it's okay, because the renderings are coming out today. But they didn't. The A's have uh, postponed those based on the, uh, the state troopers that were killed, unfortunately, on Friday in a horrible accident. Thankfully, it looks like justice is being done, but uh, because of that, the A's have decided to uh, postpone that that uh, announcement and the sharing of the renderings, and they say they will be doing it, but it'll just be at a later date, so we'll wait and see. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Hey, it's football season, and FanDuel does football like nobody else does. If you want to have some fun with the game, let me tell you, this is the way to do it, and check this out. A $5 Moneyline bet 
You just pick the team you think is going to win. If you win and you're a new customer, your $5 bet now gets you $150 in bonus bets with our friends at FanDuel. Hey, they've got all kinds of ways to bet, and they're all fun. Of course, you can bet the point spread. You can do the overs. You can do the unders. Some crazy player props. All of those are available on FanDuel. Just download the app. It's very easy and quick. Get it. Go ahead and sign up. Get your first bet in there. Five bucks, that's all. And then, of course, uh, you could be the recipient of $150 in bonus bets from FanDuel. Doing football. Check them out at FanDuel.com slash locked on and get those savings. They're waiting right there for you from FanDuel, of course, an official partner of the NFL. Speaking of the NFL and MLB, of course, and NHL and NBA, all available in the first ever 24-7 streaming sports network. Of course, it comes from Locked On. Who else? It's called Locked On Sports Today, and it features all the best of the local and regional Locked On reporters, like yours truly. And then beyond that, you get the national channels as well, like Locked On MLB, 24-7. So you lock in, get all the big stories. If they're breaking, of course, it's going to be right there for you. Again, Locked On Sports Today. Subscribe on YouTube today and get ready for the first ever national 24-7 sports streaming network. Locked On. Mm, your team every day. That's what we do. Mark Kotze had a chance to sit down with some familiar names today. You might know them, too. Talking about people like Susan Slusser and Martin Gallegos and John Shea. All asking the skipper questions today. Mark Kotze Martin. at the winter meetings. Yeah, no, it, um, obviously it's been been a fun offseason so far in terms of uh, having the opportunity to um, extend my contract and, and have my option picked up. Uh, you know, really excited about kind of the future here. Um, you know, being a part of this uh, organization for as long as I have, uh, the loyalty that this organization has and has shown, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, for us as a staff, we've got a lot of continuity here. Uh, there's a lot of history here with Billy and with David and uh, with Dan Feinstein. So, um, you know, I think it's it's great opportunity for myself to continue forward and, and you know, have this future here to uh, to get things turned around. Well, if we start with names. I mean, obviously there's some young, some young talented players here. Um, that we're going to have a chance to really mold and really teach and, and grow with. Um, and we talk about the word teach a lot, and that's something that's really important for us going forward. We, we did that a lot this year. Um, we had, a, obviously, a really rough start to a season. And uh, as a coaching staff, we had a choice to you know, kind of put our heads down and grind through it or lift our chins and teach these kids how to play. And I think we did that as a staff. Um, we helped turn the season around from – uh, what could have been a historically bad season to um, to a bad season, right? To be honest, um, to take accountability for it. But the growth that we we showed through August, September, with players like Zach Geloff, Lawrence Butler um, coming to our roster, Tyler Soderstrom, uh, along with the younger players that were there to start, 
um, there's a nucleus here that we think we can build something with and that we're excited about. Yeah, so, so Bobby joins us. Um, Bobby and I were teammates. It was rookie year for Bobby when I, uh, he joined uh, myself and uh, players like Jason Kendall and Eric Chavez. And so exciting to have him on board. Um, Bobby is cut from the same cloth that I think I am in terms of uh, the, the grinding mentality, what it means to be an Oakland athletic. And, um, you know, I think his relationships with the younger players that he developed in double a as manager there uh will help and and be impactful for for our young guys um in terms of dan hubs uh, i thought dan did an unbelievable job this year throughout the minor league system with making relations building relationships with young pitchers um combining both you know um the coaching aspect from a subjective standpoint but all this also a, a objective standpoint and utilizing data utilizing the biomechanics side, uh, incorporating that in his teaching. So I think it's a great compliment for Scott Emerson, our pitching coach, uh, and excited about their, their relationship and, and what they're going to be able to do with these young pitchers. You know, it, it happens fast. Um, I think, you know, surround yourself with, with quality people, people that are smarter than you. Um, and obviously have an open mind, which I know Steven does. Steven and I talked last year uh, when he was with Seattle. He, he, he's a curious person, and I think that's great quality for a manager to be curious, uh, to ask a lot of questions, and, uh, and I know he's already done that um, just in listening to uh, what he's talked about from, from going through his interview process to utilizing Terry Francona as a mentor, which uh, I, I as well uh, am a big fan of, and, uh, and I think Steven's going to do great. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it doesn't really change anything. Um, you know, my focus obviously is on the 2024 season uh, and 2025 and building a culture here that, that's going to uh, be one that, that I think people are proud of, um, that people, you know, want to be engaged with. Um, there's a lot of young players, exciting players on our roster uh, to focus on. So we're going to focus on ourselves and, and playing the game of baseball uh, and allow the people that make those decisions in terms of our future in Vegas to, to make those decisions. And, and uh, you know, in the end of the day, um, we want to hit the ground running next year, be prepared for a season, and, and, and win as many games as possible, really. Yeah, I think there's opportunity here for a free agent to come and have impact immediately. I think there's an opportunity for any free agents, especially pitching, to come in here uh, to mentor, but also to have an opportunity to, to in one year, possibly, um, you know, build a resume going forward. You know, there's opportunity here to uh, put yourself back on a map if you've had a down year or coming off an injured season, um, to go out and earn, you know, that chance to, to put up numbers, really. If I was a free agent pitcher and I was looking at a, a team that um, I felt gave me the best opportunity for success, I think Oakland would be that, really. The ballpark is a great ballpark to pitch in. 
Uh, we're young. We're going to be athletic. Um, you know, there's room for improvement, obviously, for uh, in all aspects of our um, ball club. But really, on the mound, if 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 there was one area, I'd say free agents should really look into our club. It it would be pitching. Who who is that? You know, I, I I mean, I think that what he's accomplished in Japan is is obviously speaks for itself, and and whatever ball club is going to be able to land him is um, is going to be very fortunate to have him. And um, you know, I look forward to, to competing against him when uh, when and if that day comes. I couldn't hear. Um, most likely not. Uh, that's a, probably a question for our general manager, but I would probably say he's out of our um, out of our price range right now in terms of identifying free agents that that our organization can go forward with. Uh, it would be great to be able to entertain him and bring him in, but uh, realistically, it's probably not an, an option for us right now. You know, Susan, that's an interesting question because right now I think the only veteran on our roster is, is Lednus Diaz um, with, with, you know, more than three years of experience. And um, it's important, but I do feel like I saw a young group come together in, in August and September, the Geloffs, the Allens, the uh, uh, Langliers, uh, you know, Ruiz, and they identified that, that the things that are necessary to have success at the major league level – um, those younger guys, Soderstrom, Butler, um, Blade, I think they realized as well, like, it's going to take a group to come together and, and do things um, with a conviction uh, on a daily basis, not just to show up and play the game, but that there's other assets and, and um, processes that really impact wins and losses. And... Um, and that we can take value from in our day. And I think that's what we're going to focus on this year. And I think it was built in August and September with this younger core. So bringing the right veteran in would help that. Um, and if and when that time comes and, and we make that move, um, you know, we definitely have to make sure he's the right guy to, to come into this group and help lead him. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, from Annie Hart's perspective, probably in, in the outfield competing for a job. Um, you know, Brett Rooker's out there. Seth Brown's out there. We've got, like I talked about, Butler, um, Blade, Ruiz. So uh, he's going to have to win his spot. But uh, excited about the, the, you know, opportunity to kind of bring him in and see what he's capable of doing. You know, he's had some years uh, – uh, that we were excited about. And last season, I think he had some injury, um, which impacted his season. But um, in terms of Toro, versatile player, he's one of those veteran guys that's been on some winning teams. Um, you know, I don't know him personally. We've had a couple of conversations. And, um, you know, he's open to, to playing anywhere and everywhere. And, um, you know, the switch hitting aspect, we haven't had many switch hitters uh, in our lineup over the last two seasons. Jed Lowry was one. Um, but it obviously makes it... Um, gives me the opportunity to have some flexibility in utilizing him in the lineup on a daily basis, really. Uh, 
So we've, we've been doing some studies on, on SD, and I think the biggest thing, um, we can clean his mechanics up offensively. Uh, I think we can open up some more power for him and some bat speed. Um, and, I, and we're excited about that. You know, it obviously takes the player to engage and, and want to make those changes, but I think he, he does want to make those changes. Um, it's going to be a process that he's got to go through. But um, you know, we've identified offensively the things that we feel can, can open him up and, and make him even more of an impact player. He's impactful when he gets on base, um, but, but our goal is to increase that um, and, and to provide some power behind that uh, swing as well. Pretty incredible. Um, you know, I played with Ricky uh, in 2001, and Ricky could steal a base when he wanted to. Uh, SD can steal a base when he wants to. Um, it's a tool that, that is exciting for fans, which I know Major League Baseball wants to bring back. Um, and it's, a, it's an exciting tool for our team. You know, if, if you've got an opportunity to, uh, for him to get on base and score with just one hit, if he can steal second and steal third and, you know, even get a sack fly and, and have a, a run scored, it's, it's a great tool to have. And it's one that, you know, uh, as I said, can change the game. I do, Martin. I'd like that. Um, but if it doesn't happen, I'm still excited about the guys we have. You know, Paul Blackburn's grown a lot. Um, went through injuries this year that, that kind of took away from uh, his ability to, to, you know, make those 30 starts. Um, but I do feel like he can still be a veteran that, that leads these young guys. Uh, the excitement behind the young guys, um, you know, Estes and, and Boyle, to name two of them that made only – with three starts, I think, in September, there, there should be some momentum behind those young guys and, and what Boyle was able to accomplish in his starts. Um, that's exciting. You know, we can bottle that up and, and get 25-plus starts from him next year. Uh, I'd be really excited about that. Um, you know, J.P. Sears, uh, what he did this year in accomplishing the 32 starts and the durability, uh, taking the ball every fifth day. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of positive things to talk about. I know that the year wasn't positive, but if we just try to extract the small victories, and I think those are some of those small victories and build off those, uh, we can we can really create a culture to believe that, that we can get something done this year. Hi, John. Welcome. Great to see you. Yeah. No, Ramon's been great. Um, Ramon and I were actually traded for each other, and uh, so we laugh a lot about that. But having him on the staff last year and letting him kind of feel his way through uh, what he was interested in and what he wanted to gate, engage in um, allowed him the freedom to just go, whether it was hitting, whether it was pitching, whether it was catching. Um, you could see him kind of be attracted more towards the pitching side, which was great, and the catching side and game calling. And he was really helpful uh, with Scott Emerson last season, and I can only see that role growing a little bit going forward. You know, there was some thought about putting Ramon in the bullpen uh, as the bullpen coach, uh, and Ramon and I discussed that, but he still feels like he can provide value throughout uh, the coaching staff uh, in all aspects in every area. So we're going to allow them to kind of continue that and continue to grow. And I think at some point 
you know, Ramon will say, you know, hey, I want to go this direction. And so uh, to have him managing down there in Venezuela, to be a part of that group, um, couldn't be more excited for him. Uh, the passion that he shows every day, uh, you know, the positive nature that he has, it, it's really infectious amongst the staff. And, um, you know, just lucky to have him, really. Make sure Jessica gets this one. Okay. Um, so I couldn't be probably more proud or just to have played for Jim. Um, the impact that he left on me as a rookie uh, to this day, that the grinding blue collar mentality. Um, you know, my image of Jim Leland is, is sliding shorts and a cigarette at his desk, entertaining the media with no shirt on. Um, you know, so, um, and then the best. Um, I would say undressing of a ball club that I've ever been a part of or ever heard came from Jim Leland my rookie year uh, in the old uh, Astrodome. Uh, it was Hall of Fame. And so for him to be Hall of Fame, it doesn't surprise me, and it's well-earned, and couldn't be happier for Jim, really. I haven't. I was going to let kind of the probably the thousand text messages that he's getting go by. But, you know, when I interviewed for Detroit, Jim came and picked me up from the hotel. We had a great conversation on the car ride. Um, you know, the, the care and the passion that he has for the game. Uh, but the relationship that we built in a limited amount of time, because I had only played for Jim in 17 games in 97 and then all of 98. And the 98 season was one like we just went through and experienced in Oakland. Uh, this season, but um, he never wavered, and uh, and yet in that limited year and you know, 17 days, we built a bond that uh, uh, lasted until obviously until the current day, and and will last you know forever. So um, you know, like I said, he's Hall of Fame in every way. No mic, John. No mic. <laughs> I don't know. Come on, give me one. So, your role in 2023, aside from everything you've done on the field, you're also a B-team spokesman. And, you know, you've got a lot of questions about Las Vegas and relocation and everything. Did, did, um, did that wear on you? Or do you look forward to that again because you'll have to? I mean, the owner and the president must be off limits. So, it's <laughs> left on you. So do, how did I? I think the biggest thing. No, I, I'm okay with I'm okay with being um, sitting where I'm at in terms of in front of the media on a daily basis, which is every manager has to go through. Uh, it's fair to you know be able to. Be asked these questions in my role in leadership. You know, I'm a part of this process. Um, I don't always have the answers for you that you want, um, but I'll give you the truth when I have it. And you know, this season was challenging, not just for myself and my staff, but for the players. Uh, I don't see that changing. Uh, we've been through it though, and so we have an expectation level now of what we're stepping into. Um, and the reality is, like I said, I don't think it's going to change. Um, but I think our players understand now how to handle it and deal with it, as do I. 
Um, and I don't think that it's going to stop in terms of the questioning and, and going to Vegas and the timing of Vegas and, you know, how we feel about the relocation process. But, um, you know, what we focus on on a daily basis is always how I approach those questions, and that's what we have control over. And I don't have any control over those processes, but what I do have control over is our roster in terms of how we go out and perform, and that's really what I focus on. Let's let's hope that, right? Because that means that we've had success, we've won, and we're going to go forward. And you know, hopefully, there's a long-term future with those young players that we can talk about at some point. You know, we can't do it now. Um, but what I'm excited about is the talent level that we have on the current roster and teaching them and molding them and building this culture um, that I saw being built in 17 with that group, um, with Bob Melvin, and being a part of that coaching staff, um, watching the growth of, of Matt Chapman, uh, Matt Olson, uh, Chad Pinder, who, by the way, is here and looks great, which I'm really jealous of because he looks better. <laughs> All right. Well, there's Mark Kotze in Arizona. Also did say that he feels for the people of Oakland and understands how they're feeling with this whole relocation thing up in the air and that they're great fans, which is nice to hear from the skipper. Hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Of course, Locked On Sports, Locked On A's, your team every day. My name's Wayne Coy. Been fun hanging out with you here. I'll be back again tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe we will get Shohei. <laughs> no, we won't. Uh, but we'll definitely let you know what took place uh, as we uh, have, of course, the draft lottery tomorrow. We're going to find out what our number is going to be. Let's hope for a nice high one, right? Okay. Back tomorrow with another episode. Till then, you keep on swinging. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.